The Crow Your Group Show, Episode 5. Giving you the tools you need to recruit more people, raise more money, and change more lives. It's the Grow Your Group Show with your host, Mike Cooney. Now, on with the show. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash growyourgroup. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play so you don't miss an episode. And please, please, please leave me a five-star review. I thank you in advance. Uh, the website is mikecooney.net slash growyourgroup. If there's any topic you'd love to hear me cover on the show, please shoot me an email at info at mikecooney.net. I would love to hear from you. You can support the show by doing your Amazon shopping through my link at mikecooney.net slash Amazon or with a small donation, quarter a month, a dollar a month, whatever you feel like at mikecooney.net slash Patreon. Your support keeps the lights on, keeps the show getting recorded, and I thank you in advance for that. So today we are going to talk volunteer recruiting. And if you're listening to this podcast and having trouble with volunteer recruiting, I feel for you. I've been there. It sucks. You're working so much harder than you really should be and not getting the results that you think you deserve and you probably do deserve for the effort that you're putting in. And the biggest reason I find people getting burned out is that they're doing way too many things and not getting the help they need. So how do you fix this? How do you get out of the problem? Well, you've got to recruit your way out. And before you can recruit your way out, you've got to start with yourself. You need to be enthusiastic. Before you even begin to think about recruiting new adults, are you being enthusiastic about what you're doing? Are you being a true leader? Do people see you having fun volunteering? And if they do, this is going to make recruiting so much easier and so much more successful. And if you're not, it's going to make it almost impossible. I had a cub master in northern Maine. Great guy. Absolute salt of the earth. So passionate. Really hardworking. You'd see his enthusiasm. But he'd also be really frustrated that he wasn't getting enough help. So I went to one of his meetings and I, I figured out why pretty quick. He'd go to the front of his pack meeting at the end of the meeting every, every month and complain he wasn't getting enough help. And the way he was asking didn't make it sound all that appealing either. It made it seem like a huge burden that nobody would want to do. You know, if I'm working this hard and I'm not getting the help I need, and, you know, it's, well, he was working hard and he wasn't getting the help he needed, all of which was true, but he wasn't letting people know he was really enjoying what he was doing and he loved the impact he was having. He was having fun. But he came off looking like Eeyore. After the meeting, I asked him, you know, hey, what would, what would you think if I told you you couldn't be Cub Master anymore? He said he'd be upset, and of course he would have been. But he needed to let other people know that he would be upset if he couldn't do it anymore and how much he actually loved it, you know, getting to spend time with his kids and his kids' friends and all those great benefits he was getting. But he wasn't focusing on those when he was talking to people. He was just focusing on, on the negatives. And it's important to talk about the negatives, but you've got to have them both. By the way, for me, this is one of the tough things, too, because I can get frustrated when, when life happens. You know, you've had a death in the family, and you know, you've got a, a newborn, you haven't slept in four months. But your public face is still important all the time. So you do need a plan. So the first thing for your plan you're going to need is what we call a nominating committee. This is three to five people who may or may not be in your pack or troop right now. You probably want your committee chair, maybe a cub master, some people from your current committee, a charter organization rep. There's all, any number of places you can get the people from here. 
But what you want are people who have connections and people who know your community and know the people. Really, anybody who knows people, you know, the head of the PTO would be great. You know, who, the you know people from the little league would be great. Other organizations in town, and then you need to start thinking. Okay, what do I need filled? What positions do I need filled? And even before you go to your nominating committee, you need this. What do I need? I need two den leaders, three people for the committee. You know, I need a pack trainer. All right, so then start coming up with the job descriptions for the pack trainer. I need someone who's a good teacher. I need someone who is methodical. You know, if you need a treasurer, you know, maybe I need some. You know, I need someone with with business skills or accounting skills. And really, this is not a what, what does anybody need for this position. This is what does our pack need for this position. What does our group need? You're always looking to recruit to your weaknesses. What are we not good at? And you know, from a lot of national organizations and the national BSA, will give you a job description that is you know, three pages long in tiny print, but you don't need that. You need them to do four things and you got to figure out what those four things are. You know, I need you to, you know, if you're my camping chair, I need you to get kids to camp. I need you to, you know, be able to answer questions about camp. I need you to love camp and be able to enthusiastically talk about camp. All right. But if you go with a description that's 30 things long, one of which is, okay, the obvious show scout spirit, you know, you want it, I need you to do these three things and focus on these three or four things. So we know that there's no big box of volunteers that's going to pop open. If only, you know, I'm going to the volunteer store. See you in the morning. So you want to start thinking, now you've got your descriptions of what you need, you've got to start going to what you're looking for and start going over the people that you have and that you know who fits those descriptions. So this is where your nominating committee meets. Starts with, starts with, you know, we need to fill this job. And you get either a flip chart or a whiteboard and start throwing names out. And you want to take advantage of your resources. You know, you, can, you need to do your homework and there's information out there. So where do you get it? You know, are you using Facebook to its advantage here? Are you looking at the youth applications, all of which have information that could be very helpful to you? Were they an Eagle Scout? Were they, you know, what do they do for a living? You know, LinkedIn can be your friend. I would be a LinkedIn friend of everybody who, every parent who came through the doors in my pack. I would try and be a Facebook friend of everybody who came through the doors in my pack. Get this information. You want to know what they're good at. What are their hobbies? What do they like to do for fun? You know, it's, it's not dishonest. You want to know. How can, these are the resources that can help my pack. There's the parent and family talent survey. Use that. Because you don't know what you're going to want to ask them to do. You've got a lot of stuff that's got to get done. Could, you know, sometimes you might want, to, want someone to do you know, a huge role for your pack. Sometimes you might, might want smaller stuff. You know, I need someone to run the Pinewood Derby, and that's it. Okay, one off. You know, I need someone to be in charge of Friends of Scouting. One off. And sometimes there's bigger stuff. And sometimes you'll work people along. You know, bring them in with the small stuff and work them up bigger. Nothing wrong with doing that. So what are the sources for for our people we're going to get for our list? We're going to have, I, I, obviously, parents, former scouts, the parents of former scouts who are no longer, you know, their kid has moved over to the, the troop, but they still may want to help you out. People from your chartering organization, community leaders, teachers from your school. You know, don't say no for anyone. You know, just if you've got someone you think could do it, don't say no for them. Adults are capable of making their own decisions. And you're insulting them by not having them on that list if you think they could do the job. 
Adults know the demands of their time, and they know what they're capable of better than you can. They can demonstrate what they want to do by saying yes or no when you ask them. You're not panhandling. You're asking for someone to help you achieve an important goal, to make the lives of kids better. That's what you're looking to do. You're not looking to, you know, you're not drafting them. They're the ones who get to say yes or no. They're the ones who get to say, I want to volunteer to help Cub Scouts. So when you're ready, you don't want to go ask ask the room. You never want to ask the room. It's a recipe for disaster. You might get someone, you know, you might get the warm body. You might get someone guilted into it, you know, but you don't want to do that. You want to make a specific ask. You want to get the person who's at the top of your list. So once you've got your list together, you want to prioritize that list. So we've got six people on that list. Who's the best person we think for the job? And who's the second best person, the third best, and the fourth best, and the fifth best? Because we're looking to fill this job. So we're going to have as many candidates as we need to fill this job. And now we're going to work our way down. So we start with the top guy. And from our committee, we have to say, okay, who's the best guy to go make the ask? Or the best lady every time. You know, it's the best person to go make the ask. Who's going to go? You want to have, and ideally, you want to have two people. One person who really knows what the job is, and one person who the person can't say no to. Who's sort of got the moral suasion to go in there and make the ask. And you want to prepare your ask. You don't, you know, it's not a random thing. You want to go there, you want to have your job description, and you want to make it clear what you're asking them to do. We need you, you know, you're a den leader. I need you to lead, I need you to lead one meeting a month, manage advancement for these kids, run some great program, etc. You know, what do what the den leaders in your pack need to do? And don't undersell what you're asking them to do. You, this is important. And this isn't just somebody, something that anybody could do. We need you because you're going to be good at it. These kids are going to benefit from what you know. We've looked at you and we think you're an impressive individual. And we need you to do an important job. Not an onerous job. It's fun. But it's important. You know, back in episode three, we talked to and a good friend Dave Perry, and he recruited the head of a fortune or the CFO of a Fortune 500 company by telling him it was important. And he's got, as it turns out, a couple of demands in his time. So you want to let them know how, just how important it is what you're asking them to do. Let them know just how important what you're asking them to do actually is. Don't undersell it, and let them know the benefits. You know, why do you volunteer from your heart? Why are you doing it? You know, I volunteer because I, you know, I have fun with my son. I volunteer because I like to see the kids in my pack do the impossible. Why? Why do you volunteer? You don't need anybody else's reasons because those are, you know, those are going to come off hollow. Why do you do it? And let the other person say the same. Answer any questions they may have and then make an ask. Will you do this job for us? And then say nothing. This is the, the old silence rule. Sort of the game is the first person. The first person who speaks after that loses. I mean, although it's it's you know it's entirely a win-win, but let them you know let them answer, let them think it over, because what you're asking to do is important. I've got an article up on this on the website. You can find at mikecooney.net/slash-five on the show notes page. Uh, this is sort of a short one. I know this is an, a so one so 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 important, but this is the basic strategy for it. And if you follow this process, you're going to get more volunteers than you have now. And not just more volunteers, but the right volunteers. So thank you so much for listening, and we will be back later this week. We've got a great interview with uh, Justin and Irina Traskis, and they are a married couple who met at scout camp when one of them, when Irina, was actually a foreign exchange scout, and now they live together in Connecticut. 
and they've written some books together. So we get some scout authors, and they're pretty cool. So I, I know you're going to love them, and we'll see you later for them later this week. Uh, have a great day. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Grow Your Group Show. Visit MikeCooney.net to subscribe to the show for free, and we'll see you next time.